Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, we got a great episode today about burnout on call, getting bosses to do what you need them to do when they throw up their hands and they say, you guys deal with it. We're going to break that down. Guys, I got a super big special surprise for you right now. To help practices in this crazy COVID time, we're opening up Uncharted. That's right. We are going to allow listeners of this podcast to come into Uncharted. uh, Six weeks free trial of Uncharted. You don't have to put your credit card in. Nothing like that. Just come in and uh, and check it out. And we want to support as many practices as we can. Uncharted has been amazing for dealing with this as far as connecting people, working together as uh, as a group of practices, learning from each other, sharing information, sharing knowledge. And so I just, I want to help more practices than we're currently helping. And so we have a six-week trial. I'm going to put the link down in the description of this podcast. I hope that you will check it out. Guys, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. We are supported by Pet Desk. Guys, I don't think ever in my life has communication been more critical than it is right now. Pet Desk gives you an easy-to-use platform to manage your client communications all in one place, and it gives your clients a five-star rated mobile app to connect with you when and where they want. Pet Desk gives you telemedicine tools like unlimited two-way messaging so you can text clients uh, videos, you can text them photos, you can even text them PDFs. Finally, whenever we talk about Pet Desk, we have got to mention their incredible support team that's going to get you up and going and never leave you hanging. Guys, go to PetDesk.com slash Uncharted and you even get a special introductory offer. Check it out, PetDesk.com slash Uncharted. We are back. It's me and Stephanie. Let's get ready to rumble, guys. Oh, how's it going, Andy? Oh, it's 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 good. It's crazy, but it's good. Oh, yeah. In our way in this world. How's things? Uh, how's things in South Carolina quarantine land? It's it's okay. You know what I mean. We're still we're taking care of pets. And uh, wearing our masks and clients are staying in the parking lot, which is something I hope that we can keep up forever. Um, (laughs) I love clients. I'm just kidding. But there is something real nice about just being able to work on their pets. But that's not the best way to be. Yeah, I think I think part of the conversation, too, is that, you know, I think all of the conversations that I've I've seen and and heard online um, from vet people has been, you know, it's, it's really nice, um, without the clients in the building, which doesn't sound so great, but then when the conversation continues, a lot of what it has to do with is that we're noticing trends where pets are significantly calmer Mm -hmm. and there's less, there's less stress. Um, and I think that there's something to that from a magical perspective. And I know, you know, you and I both love interacting with clients and it's quiet in the building, man. Like I miss the I miss the chit chat. I miss hearing about, um, you know, how Mrs. Miss, you know, daughter's doing at college. And like, I I just miss that vibe that you have when there are people there. And for people who are are extroverts, I know they are feeling me hard right now that the separation from clients and the ability to people all day long is, is really hard. Like I know the introverts are loving life right now. <laughs> because there's not people trying to talk to them every five seconds, but it is, um, it is, it is. I agree with that. 
How um, how is your mother-in-law doing? She is back to herself. So oh. that is that is good. She um, yeah, she she kind of ran through having a fever and everything and then she uh, then she kind of got back to normal. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean honestly, yeah, exactly. It's the best it could have gone. So uh, so yeah, I I'm I'm happy with that. Um, you know it's funny. I am we were playing more music in the clinic for sure. I think it's because it is quieter. And I do he, here's the thing. So we we kind of joke about it's great to have clients in the car. The truth I think that some of us are noticing is um it's like with anything, if you know what you're doing, you can do it a lot faster if you don't have to explain it to somebody, right? Mm -hmm when the clients are in the building, it's our job to explain it to them. And so I, you know, I look around and go, man, we are breezing along here because I am having conversations after everything is done, after I know what's going on, I'm not, you know, showing them things. The truth is the client is not getting as much out of the experience and they are not being as well educated as they usually would be. And I think we all need to own that and, and realize that that is part of the trade-off. I'm also not building the relationship with the clients that I usually build. So, um, right. If you believe that the most valuable commodity an associate veterinarian can have is a clientele, which I truly believe, and I preach that, the most valuable asset is your clientele, the people who only want to see you. That is yeah. that is job security. That is uh, a, a more fun way to practice. Uh, this is not good for that. And so yeah. that is that is true. So in the short term, I think everybody might have fun. In the long term, a lot of the white glove practices will will start to lose clients who will just go to the cheapest place because they don't see what's going on. And right. they'll just be like, oh, this is cheaper and faster. Well, yeah, because they didn't do yeah. a good enough job, but you don't know because you didn't see that. So right. um, anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. So uh, I think we should enjoy it while we can. And then we need to get back to uh, to really uh, communicating as well as we possibly, possibly can. So yeah, yeah. anyway. I think that uh, leads us right to this episode that's coming out of the mailbag because a lot of the conversation regarding today's episode has to do with communication, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is communicating a this, in a group. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fun one. This is some doctor politics here. And so uh, there's a lot of owners and managers who probably first go, oh, and then they lean forward and go, okay, I better hear this uh, yeah. because doctor politics are real. Okay, so we have got a uh, we got a letter, and it's a great letter. It, there's a little bit of depth to it. Uh, it comes from Frazzled DVM, and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it, and um, I'm gonna go through it, and I'm not gonna read it verbatim because it's a bit long, but I want to make sure I get everything. So Steph, check me and make sure I'm not leaving out any important details. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So uh, Frazzle DVM had a, um, she used to be in a practice in her hometown and there was like five or six vets there and they were in a really small community and they were like three hours away from major cities or metro areas where there was an emergency clinic. So the nearest emergency clinic was two, two and a half hours away um, and the nearest 24-7 center was three plus hours away. So she would do on call and so they would do on call. And she would be on call for emergencies for one to two weeks straight with a one-week break. So she was on call for one or two weeks and then a week off. 
and it just broke her down. And uh, anyone who's been on call, like it takes a toll on you. It gets into your life in ways that people just don't realize if they're not taking call. You know, you're getting, you can't go to the movie theater. You know, you're getting called out of dinners and you get called away from family events or like it, it does grind you down. I'm not saying that we, it's not a responsibility sometimes or that it's not the best thing to do or we all should hate it, but it takes its toll. And if you disagree with that, you're kidding yourself. Mm -hmm. So, she ended up leaving the practice after a while. It, mm -hmm. it was just, it was just a, the practice was a bad fit. That part kind of sucked and broke her down. And so she left. And so she went to a new practice and um, they did have some on call, but they only see their own clients and, mm -hmm. um, and that keeps the call volume low. And generally she would take one weekday shift per week. And one weekend shift every fifth or sixth week, mm -hmm. right? So she's on one weekday a week. And mm -hmm. then, you know, every five or six weekends, she gets a Saturday or a Sunday. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. The um, There's another clinic in town. And they have been historically open on Saturdays and Sundays, mm -hmm. right? So they are open on uh, Saturdays and Sundays. They don't get along with frazzled's clinic like mm -hmm. there's a, and no one knows why it was one of those hatfield mccoy things like started back years ago um don't know why this happened but right. we don't we don't get along all right cool um so the other clinic starts offering weekend walk-in hours saturday and sunday mm -hmm. and they also purchase two of the three other local clinics so you've got this group and they've got three clinics and they're open on saturdays and everything like that mm -hmm. um uh Frazzled's clinic, because these other three clinics are there and they've got open weekend hours, the calls start dropping. Mm -hmm. And so they start dropping uh, the number of calls that they're seeing and things like that. And the politics comes in where these two clinics have decided to collaborate on covering call and kind of work together. Mm -hmm. And they're providing on-call coverage for their community. Mm -hmm. What happened was Frazzled's clinic says, hey, look, we're not seeing anything on the weekends. We don't want to do weekends. We are out on weekends. Mm -hmm. The other clinic gets fired up and kind of rebels, and they're like, well, you know, if you want to work with us, then we, you know, we're going to have to work this out, and we're going to split, and here's the deal. We will take the weekends. We will take all the weekends. We will take Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every weekend. And you guys mm -hmm. will take all the weekdays. You've got Sun. Uh, we've you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Super fair, mm -hmm. right? We've got the weekends, three days. You've got the weekdays, four days. And you might even go, "Oh my gosh, that's that's even a better deal. Give me more weekdays over giving up my weekends. I'll take it." Well, here's a problem for Frazzle. There's eleven doctors at the other practice, and there's five doctors at her practice. Mm -hmm. And so now she's doing multiple days or she's doing, uh, you know, every week she's on call mm -hmm. and the other clinic, they, they take one day on call, uh, you know, once, once a month. Mm -hmm. And so she goes, this is not fair. You know, there's five of us covering four days and there's 11 of them coming three days. This is not fair. And so she says that to the boss. 
And the boss and the other vets say that to the boss. And the boss throws his hands up and says, I'm not going back to those guys. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to renegotiate this. You guys can figure something out if you want to. And you can deal with them. But I am done. Mm -hmm. And he throws his hands up Mm -hmm. and, and walks away. All right. Here's, here's the stated problem from Frazzled. I feel like my boss pulled the rug out from under me and my colleagues. And she says that because her number of on-call hours has jumped up from what it was when she came on and what she agreed to. And we have no say in the matter before the changes was made. So the boss mm-hmm. negotiated this deal, came back and said, hey, guys, surprise, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. What does my contract say? Quote, the employee shall be required to work full time and as such times as and at such facilities as are from time to time designated by the employer, including periods during which the employees assigned to be on call pursuant to the employer's rotating on call schedule. So it's significantly vague, sufficiently vague. <laughs> it's pretty much says you're going to work full time and on call and wherever we tell you for whatever we need to tell you. Um, I really don't want to leave this job because in all the other respects, it's great. And I love my coworkers, clients, the location. However, my mental health is taking a big hit and I feel like I'm slowly, slowly going back to a, a bad place I was in before I came here. Do you have any advice on how else to approach the situation? How do we talk to our boss about when he, uh, when he has thrown his hands up and says he's not going to deal with it? Yep. All right. So that's a lot to unpack. Summarize. Um, the boss went and cut an on-call deal with the other clinic. The other clinic um, is taking weekends. These guys are taking weekdays, but there's only five of them. This is a big jump from the being on call every couple of weeks that it was when she signed up and agreed. And now the boss has thrown his hands up and said, I don't like uh, dealing with these other guys and uh, you got to figure it out and you guys can just work it out. And he has walked away. And so what are her or his options? So frazzle DVM. What are we going to do Steph? Oh man. Uh, Well, I think the first place we have to start is, um, that you have frazzled has to get in the right headspace because none of the conversations are going to be easy conversations. Like when I read through this, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be probably a series of hard conversations from mm-hmm. the practice owner to that, you know, talking to your other associate doctors and then talking to the other clinic. Yeah. This is a communication um, American ninja course is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. There's multiple steps here. The, the, so, okay. So there's multiple steps here. Whenever there's multiple steps here, I have got to relax first thing, right? Because there's no immediate action I can take that's going to fix this. There are, however, many immediate actions that I can take that will detonate this situation right. and make it much harder to fix. Right. So I, that, I, in all seriousness, and I, I do not have a lot of patience. I want this problem done and I want it behind me. I have got to take some deep breaths here because moving fast is the quickest way to blow my face off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, it is good that Frazzled is looking at the writing on the wall too often. We just don't say anything until we're burned out. 
and we're in trouble. And then we're like, how do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. She's looking and saying, this sucks. And I see it going to a bad spot. Before it gets there, I would like to try to correct this. And I right. think that is wonderful. Yeah. All right. So, all right. There's some stuff I want to put on the table before we really start talking about strategy. And like, what do we say? And so this is some headspace or just some strategy conversation. All right. Cool. Okay. So first thing, we need to get our heads straight about uh, about what is fair. Okay. Fair is a loaded word for me. You know, I don't like the word fair. Fair leads to the flaming, raging sword of justice. (laughs) And we know that that's my least favorite tool in the toolbox. Right. right? Right. Fair just takes us to a bad place. And I'm not saying that being fair isn't important, but we grasp onto that fairness. And then this becomes about righteousness and justice. And a lot of rational thought goes out the window and we, we end up in an emotional place. So just be careful yeah. with fair. Okay. Yeah. So be careful with fair. Here's, here's the thing. Um, weekdays and weekends. And again, this is now, this is purely opinion. Weekdays and weekends are not the same value. Like, would I rather be on call on Wednesday from 7 PM, you know, till the next morning? Or would I rather be on call from midnight Friday night until midnight Saturday night. Those are not the same thing. Like they're just not right. um, yeah. having 11 doctors do three days and five doctors do four weekdays. I, I agree that that's maybe that's maybe not fair. It doesn't, it's not as wildly unfair as it maybe initially seems when you just look at the numbers, you know? Right. So anyway, I, I just, I would put, I would put that forward and just say, okay, Let's let's get everything back in perspective um, as far as fairness with the other clinic, because getting upset at the other clinic can just it just makes everything harder. Yeah, totally. And I think for me, in terms of strategy, um, in terms of approaching these conversations, I think about how I can use transformational vocabulary. And it really does make a big difference. Um, when I started having conversations, not about on call, but about schedule rotations with my team years ago, um, I, I really quickly found your point to be very true, Andy, which is that when you start talking about fair, people lose their shit for a variety of reasons, Mm -hmm. but everybody's, everybody's version of fair is different. And so, so for me, I found a big difference in just the tone and the approachability of the conversation when I started using the word even, Um, as opposed to fair. And so for me, it was like, look, I want to try and spread this out and make the shared responsibility even as even as possible for everybody. And it was like, it it, it meant the same thing. (laughs) I was, I was saying saying that same thing, but there was something about switching out the word fair that really made everybody take it down a notch and look at it from a, from a mathematical perspective or from a, um, an even and odd kind of perspective that just made it a little bit easier to have the, have the conversation. So your strategy perspective, I think you are a hundred percent right. I no, I got, I got to do that. That's great. That's really good stuff. I've got to start using that. Fair, fair triggers some like scarcity mentality. You know what I mean? Like evolutionary caveman brain type stuff of like, there's limited resources and I've got to get mine. And like, you feel the cortisol levels going up. 
I know that you experienced this probably too as a dad, but I think about my kids when they were like screaming is it's not fair and there's tears. Like that's what I think of when that word comes out. And I think that that's a natural um, human, human brain kind of thing, like you were saying, and you can't, you can't avoid it. And so when you're thinking about strategy, language is very important, especially when you're talking about dealing with a bigger group like this. And so I think it's really important to think about the word choices that um, you're going to use because they can help you, but they can also extremely hinder you. Right. There's two equity issues here. So one is what the other clinic is doing versus what Frazzle's clinic is doing. Mm -hmm. The other one that I think is the bigger deal is, and it got swept under the rug, it mm -hmm. is, hey, uh, Frazzled, come work for us, mm -hmm. and this is what you can expect, and then I just unilaterally changed the work expectations for you, yeah. and now, because of what the contract says, uh, you you need to do this, right? right? Yeah. And so that's the other equity thing. Let me say this thing, and this is going to make a lot of people mad, but I, I don't care because I believe it really strongly. What is in your contract doesn't matter. Like, it, and Stephanie's organization brain just blew up. Um, it, it doesn't freaking matter, it's, right? So you've got, a, you've got a contract with this vet, and the contract says, you'll work where we say and when we say, and, and you'll do the jobs as required and blah, blah, blah. And I, I'll take that contract, right? And I'll sign that contract. And it just says that that's what is expected of me. Mm -hmm. But it also says that I can quit when I want. <laughs> <laughs> and if you bring me in and tell me I'm going to do stuff and we come up with an agreement of what we both think is fair, and then you unilaterally change that agreement on me and try to tell me, hey, you got to do what I said because you signed this piece of paper, I'm going to quit because mm -hmm. I didn't agree to that. That's not right. the intent of what we agreed to. I don't care what your piece of paper says. And, I mean, I'm just, just being, I'm just being honest. And, and I think we should slap owners and managers with this reality. I can get another job, right? Associate vets are in demand. I can get another job and I don't care what your piece of paper says. Yeah. And so holding up the contract and saying, this is what your contract says, that, that is a terrible strategy. It doesn't mean anything. And I don't mean to make people mad when I say that. What I mean to say is, guys, the contracts are not, they are not going to force anyone to do anything. The only mm -hmm. thing that's going to get people to do things is you listening to them and you communicating with them and you finding something that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so if you think that you're going to hold someone's to, you know, to the, hold someone's feet to the fire with a contract, I, I think you're wrong, you know? And if the economy really tanks, you may have more luck with that if jobs are harder to find, but I still think you're, you're largely wrong, you know? And I see a lot of people go, well, it's in their contract. And I go, well, if you make them mad enough, they're going to quit. And then you can use your contract for whatever you want because it's not going to be good for anything else. And yeah. so, so I say that again, I think it comes off really inflammatory, but the point is if you're this practice owner and frazzled says, I came here because this is the on-call schedule and this is what we agreed to. And you made this change and I'm, I'm really miserable. I'm really not happy. This is really eating me up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the contract says. You're going to mm -hmm. lose your doctor. Because she's going to go somewhere else. She may go, she may go over and work for the 11 doctor practice uh, because they have less on call. Mm -hmm. And so it is in the best interest of the practice owner and manager to step back and look at this and say, yeah, her contract probably says that she's supposed to do what we say. Mm -hmm. 
but that doesn't supersede the fact that she is unhappy. Mm-hmm. And especially if she starts to get depressed or burned out or things like that, mm-hmm. it, what's in the contract doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I mean, I know you, you, you always hate it when I say the contract doesn't matter, but it's true <laughs> to me. It's, it's, it was so funny that you said you're going to blow my mind because I actually totally agree with you. Oh, wow. Um, Holy <laughs> I, I do. Now, with with one caveat. <laughs> yeah. With one caveat. And I will say that my caveat is I, I do think that it is important from a contract's perspective to have things outlined. And that being yes. said, sometimes the needs of the business dictate changes to the contract, which is why most contracts are written like this, where it says, you know, the periods that the employee is signed to be on call a rotating on-call schedule. Um, you know, my contracts have something in it about the doctor's schedules and the the needs of the business so that the end result is as a business, I cannot employ my team if there is no business. Sure. And so sometimes we have to make decisions from a business perspective that are in conflict with um, the general nature of the, of the contract. And so, sure. so for me, I, it is important to have a, a, clearly articulated contract that is well laid out that everybody agrees on. That being said, if something comes up that is truly important for one of my team members who has a contract, I always want to approach it from the place of what is important to them? What do they need? Because I know as a manager that I am 100% going to get more with honey than vinegar. And if I come at them with the contract in my hand and I'm like, here's why you're going to do this. I am just, um, I am just looking vinegar straight in the face. Whereas if I sit down and I say, Hey, here's, here's what we need to do from a business perspective. I would love your input. I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of when you approach it from that, that perspective of a conversation, it is a very different feeling. And so I, I totally agree. I think you can't, have an employment agreement with someone and then make a major change that affects the foundation of that agreement without sitting down and talking to them about it. And so it sounds like this practice owner was trying to just decide things once and for all, made a decision unilaterally, and now the team is suffering. And I agree 100% with you that if this practice owner doesn't want to lose members of the team, including potentially frazzled DBM, they need to really sit down and think about how can they be a part of the solution because throwing their hands up and saying, you guys deal with it is, is a choice. Make no mistakes about it. That is a choice, but it's probably the absolute wrong choice to try and solve this problem. Yeah. So let me clarify something that I said here a bit. Your contract is a legal tool. And it is an important legal tool. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have contracts. You should because they are important legal tools. They are crappy management tools. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. Good legal tool. You should have them. You should use them. They set clear expectations. Do it. Get a contract. But it is a crappy management tool. And so yep. what, I, what I would say is, is this is as simple as the golden rule. It's like do unto others. If you're the practice owner, if you don't want the vet coming to you with the contract in hand and going, hey, hey, my contract says this and you and I don't need to do that and you can't get me to do this, 
then don't go to them with the contract in hand and say, you sign this and it says you have to do that. It's, it's, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. And so my point is have a contract, set clear expectations. But the truth is the world changes. God, we all know that the world changes in ways that we can't expect or anticipate. We need to make changes sometimes for the better part of the business. There's things that we don't anticipate. The right move is to go to the other person just like you would want them to come to you mm-hmm. and say, hey, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they want. So don't think that I'm saying you have a contract and you can't vary from that contract. I'm not saying that. It's purely the golden rule. You would not want to have a unilateral decision sort of made and thrown at you without feeling heard. And sometimes the business comes and says, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. I am really sorry to make this change. And I hear, I'm, I understand you're probably frustrated. I would not ask you to do this if I thought that we could do it another way. This is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still need to be there and, and hear them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right. Yep. I agree. So we're all in the right headspace because none of these conversations are easy. Yeah. And it's we we have acknowledged that it's not wrong for Frazzle to be concerned about mental health or burnout um, because she's smartly advocating for herself ahead of time. Now, um, we talked we talked about the fact that changing expectations on their associates with very little notice is is not necessarily the right way to go about this, because we both agree that what's in their contract doesn't matter. It has to be something that works for everybody or they're going to lose people. Right. Right. So we're getting this letter from frazzled. So what we've done so far is we have laid out some of the missteps of the practice ownership there, as far as doing these deals, not including people uh, throwing up their hands and being like, you guys work it out. I'm not going back. That Mm -hmm. that's, that's poor form. It just, you know, it just is. And that's easy to criticize. But the question is, what does frazzled do? Right. right. Okay. So I think she's got three options. Okay. okay. Um, she can suck it up and do what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Do what's asked a- at the potential risk of her mental health. Um, mm-hmm. She can quit. And quitting mm-hmm. is always an option. You just go, I am not doing this and I am going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then there's the middle path, which is the one I generally look for and try for. And know that if the middle path doesn't work, she always has option A and C. You know, she can decide this isn't worth leaving or mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. So the middle path is figuring out what works for everyone. And so what I would advocate for is if if the I would try to re-engage the boss, honestly, as opposed to reaching out to this other practice as an associate. And I don't really have any power, you know, and that that just doesn't seem I, mm-hmm. I think we have to engage the boss. But the, the middle path is for the boss to go to the other practice. And ideally, I would love to have a meeting with all of the veterinarians. Yeah. Like all the veterinarians together. Mm-hmm. And I think the wording that – I always say to the boss, just broker the meeting. Just get the meeting set up. I'll talk. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you have to reach out and get this doctor's meeting together. Right? And what I would do is – Go there and say, guys, there's 11 of you and there's five of us and we are doing a lot of on call. And I know you guys are taking weekends and I'm not saying those things are even, 
but you guys just have so many more to cover and we really want to do a good job and we want to help support the community and we want to have a good relationship with you guys. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would open it up is Mm -hmm. let's all, none of us want to do more on call than we have to. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys probably, there are times you don't want to do all weekends call. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out how to work together and make things as even as possible. Mm-hmm. And what I would advocate for is some sort of a pool that all 16 doctors go into. And then uh, that way at the other clinic, they can have some weekdays sometimes and not have to work weekends. And I'll take mm-hmm. some weekends, but I get a lot less weekdays, you know? Mm-hmm. And so rather than I take all of the weekdays and you guys take all the weekends, let's th- let's let's make a big pool. Let's mm-hmm. spread this out. Let's refigure this and mm-hmm. get back to, you know, me taking call every two and a half weeks mm-hmm. because there's 16 of us, right? Right. Like let's, right. let's do that. And, and when I take call, I'll take a weekend every, you know, month or month and a half. That's not a, that's not a big deal, but mm-hmm. let's all, let's all get together in the same place so we can see each other and then let's humanize. Let's find commonality. We're all in this together. We're trying to serve this community. We all want good work-life balance, Let's figure out the best way that we can all work together because if we don't, then everybody gets screwed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I say everybody gets screwed, when you look at this strategically, this is games theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is games theory. If you're the other group, right? So let's say you're the other hospital. The best case scenario for you from a games theory is that you screw my hospital over and you get the best schedule, right? Okay. Like that's the best. Just purely from games theory, that's the best. The worst case scenario is that you screw my my group over, and then we break out of the deal, and now you're providing coverage for the whole week. And mm-hmm. now that's the worst thing that could happen to you. And so mm-hmm. right now, they may feel like they've won the game, and they've got the better schedule, I'm going to try to make them understand that it does not help them if our vets withdraw from the rotation or if our vets quit because we're burning out. That Mm -hmm. is the worst outcome for them. Mm -hmm. And if I can make them realize that, they'll get on board with sharing more evenly or working with us, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the conversation that I think we need to have. Remember, like a lot of times when we get into this thing and that clinic is doing this and our clinic is doing that, we want to win. And winning is a great short-term strategy and an awful long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Winning with other with uh, your work colleagues or with other practices you're going to have an ongoing relationship with, it's like winning uh, a fight with your spouse. Like you might win and you might feel really great, but... There's a chance that there are going to be fallout consequences that are not right. going to be the victory. Right. <laughs> and again, I, I don't want to threaten anyone. That's a big deal. Threatening is a terrible negotiation tactic. Don't ever threaten people. Right. But I would like to ask some questions and sort of talk a bit about how my, my team is feeling so that they come to realize what might happen if the situation doesn't get resolved. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? If they yeah. don't realize what the outcome is going to be, then they're not going to change their behavior. But I'm not going to threaten them, but I need them to understand that this might all fall apart and then they will be left alone. You know what I mean? If we can't figure out something that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the middle path. Yeah, and I think that that seems um, that seems super smart to me, the the idea of approaching it from the middle ground. And I think that there are probably some veterinarians on the other team where that's really going to resonate for them because although they only have three days and their three days are, are shared amongst 11 doctors, there may be doctors on that team team who are like this schedule makes me miserable and who would rather um you know have some sort of middle ground split and so I think I think talking about it from the middle ground and trying to make it even is a really is a really smart way to do it and I think just as it's important to address the boss not from a place of we're angry with you or we're frustrated with you, even if that's what you're feeling. But like, look, we need to have this conversation because we, you know, I am feeling burned out. If your teammates are feeling that way, you know, a group approaching the conversation from that perspective is smart, but it's the same with the other hospital. Like you, like you said, Andy, um, you know, you want to have a good relationship with them. You want it to be smooth sailing. And if you don't address this, the, there needs to be some comprehension that there's going to be fallout one way or the other on both sides for the practice owner and for the other clinic. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, so here's the playbook. If you're frazzled in my mind, right? First thing we got to do is get in a good headspace. Um, and so we talk about being a safe head, uh, in a, in a safe headspace. So let's do that real quick. Can, uh, I'm going to go talk to the boss. Can I smile at the boss? You know, mm-hmm. can I smile? Can I, uh, um, can I sit next to him? You know, can I, am I in an emotional place where I'm not going to get mad, uh, but I can, I can have a conversation with this person and not, and not lose it or grab the, the flaming raging sort of justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I need to get the headspace first. All right. So that's S a, am I assuming good intent? The, the boss wants coverage and who knows you know, what he's dealing with or, and obviously the stress of things that are going on right now. Good God. Who, you know, who, who knows he's, he's trying his best. He wants everyone to be happy. It sounds very much like this is a person who does not like conflict mm-hmm. when he goes, that's it. I've already been to him. I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is someone who is not enjoying these conversations. They, you know, maybe someone who really dislikes conflict. And so this is hard right. for them. Right? right. And I think just as important as recognizing that there is, um, there is conflict and politics at play amongst the doctors that I promise you that there is conflict and politics at play amongst the practice owners. So from practice owner to practice owner, um, you know, you have a, you have a bigger business that owns three clinics in your area. There is 100% politics happening between your frazzles practice owner and the other practice owner. And so you, you have to take that into account as well and look at it from the place of compassion for your practice owner that you have a person who doesn't like conflict and they are having to deal with politics. Like that's a hard place to be in. And so they need support and encouragement so that the conversation 
actually can continue to happen because otherwise they are 100% going to throw their hands up and say, I'm done. I'm not having these conversations anymore. Yep. Totally. I, I completely agree. So, um, so that's assuming good intent. Has this person been set up to fail that, you know, that's kind of to, to your point about, you know, they're dealing with the other practice owners. Um, if they don't know how frazzled is feeling, then that's mm-hmm. information that they were lacking when they made this decision. And so that may be mm-hmm. classified as, as being set up to fail, you know, and, and what is the end result we want to achieve? It's like, well, I, I don't want this on call schedule, you know, mm-hmm. like this on call schedule is too intense. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd get my head into that place and then I would go talk to the boss. And what I would say is, Hey, I know this is stressful. I know this is hard. I know you're doing your best. I know what that you care about the community. I know you care about the vets, right? Like try to take them off the defensive mm-hmm. and then say, this is really challenging for me, right? Mm-hmm. Humanize yourself. Talk about what the challenge is. Talk about how you're feeling. Talk about mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, this is problematic and say, what can we do to make this better? And again, the same sorts of things. I want the boss to realize um, that that he's picking his poison, which is what leadership is all about. He can either go back and have this uncomfortable conversation with the other practice, or he can have ongoing uncomfortable conversations with me and you know mm-hmm. and the other doctors mm-hmm. and possibly end up short staffed. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not going to threaten him or anything, but he needs mm-hmm. to know. I'm just going to be candid and say. You know, I left my last practice because of on-call burnout, and I feel like we're moving mm-hmm. back towards that. And I don't want to end up in that position again because I really love it here. And what I just told you was mm-hmm. something about leaving. You know, uh, that mm-hmm. that was the that mm-hmm. was the reading between the lines pretty easily. You say, "Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do what I did at my last yeah. practice with leave." And so, yeah, so yeah I, I'm giving him that message. So, uh, so that that's sort of the conversation I want to have with him. And I guess the uh, the other thing that I would sort of say to him is say, "Well, you know." You, we've got two options. You know, we can go back and have another meeting, get all the doctors together so we can all try to figure out something that is fair. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if the other practice would go for that. If they're smart, they will. But, you know, what is fair? The other the other option for him is to say, we're not going to take call anymore. These are, we got another practice in town. They got three locations. We're not going to mm-hmm. take call. And uh, just let them deal with it. They can have all the days of call. And now there's 11 doctors covering seven days. And maybe that's fine for them. Um, I expect that will probably draw them back to the negotiation table pretty fast because their doctors are not going to like it. But mm-hmm. but that's an option. And it hurts them a lot more than it hurts you who goes, well, I'm not taking call anymore. And so people go, oh, my gosh, Andy, well, we can't we can't leave our clients out there and just have them go to the other clinic. Nope. This is a new day, guys. Telemedicine is new in every way, shape, or form. We can have after-hours tech services. So what about that? What if we don't take call, but we will be available by phone, at which point mm-hmm. you can talk to the person and listen and listen to them and then triage. Do they need to go to the emergency clinic? Mm-hmm. Can they come in and see you first thing in the morning? Um, so you can do that by text. There's lots of programs that do that. You can uh, do it by taking phone calls. There are other um companies that uh, offer services after hours mm-hmm. triage mm-hmm. where your phone mm-hmm. will ring to them and they will have a licensed technician or doctor take the call, triage mm-hmm. the call and tell the person you need to go to emergency or we'll go ahead and book you an appointment at this clinic for the next morning. First thing, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are all options that are in your toolbox now. And so it's not mm-hmm. like it used to be where the rotary phone rang and if someone didn't answer it, the person was without help. You can mm-hmm. get services to cover. And so if you want to stick yeah. the other clinic, you can just not take call and say, we're going to use a triage service and, uh, and just go that way. 
and you guys can mm-hmm. can handle uh, all the on call if you want there to be on call. And again, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree the best solution probably for everybody is coming to an agreement that all the doctors are good with, or at least uh, you know acceptable accepting of. But what there's now seems untenuous to me, and, and I have a feeling this is going to deteriorate if we don't either renegotiate or have Frazzle's clinic just back out and be like, hey, look, this is not working for our people. We're, we're going we're gonna to step out and we're going to switch to telemedicine, teletriage. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. You got makes, anything else to add? Makes total sense. No. I, I mean, I think, I think it's can understand why Frazzled feels frazzled and overwhelmed because it's a big it's a big thing to tackle, but I think breaking it down um, into smaller chunks and I think the real looking at the reality, which is that there are multiple choices here and you have to weigh the pros and cons of each one of those choices because every choice is going to have consequences. But the reality is Brazil is not without choices in this situation. And I think sometimes it's being able to take that step back and get the perspective of what are those choices, that's the hardest part. Because when you're in the middle of it and you're frustrated and you're irritated with your practice owner and you're angry at the other clinic that has more doctors, like it's hard to see straight. And so hopefully this helps think about how do we zoom that lens out and look at it from a higher up view so that we can see there is multiple, there are multiple choices in this situation. Um, and that doesn't mean that any of them are going to feel fair, but I think think in order to come out of this situation you have to take your finger off of the word fair and figure out another way to look at this so that it um, is more more equitable and even for everybody involved yeah i i agree and uh everybody comes to a point where they have to compromise and so Mm -hmm. i want to make that clear too i'm not saying barge in there and say this is exactly what i want give it to me but it's about saying what we have now is is not acceptable and we need to work back towards what is ideal in order for me mm-hmm. to continue to you know to be here and feel good and and be healthy mm-hmm. cool thanks steph Love i appreciate it. it as always yeah this is a good one i hope i hope it helps frazzle it out i hope so too it's a, it's a hard one on call is a hard hard situation on call is tough Anyway, all right. Take care of yourself, my friend. I'll talk to you later on. Have a great week, guys. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something away from it. If you have questions for me and Steph, go ahead and send them to podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. If you heard grumblings in the background of this episode, I just want to tell you that's the hot water heater. And uh, there are children in my house who never stop flushing the toilet and running the water ever it's been a month of water running and i don't know what to do about it i'm gonna go deal with that please stay sane stay happy stay well stay safe and stay on the course of being amazing and helping pets and people take care guys bye